Hello, Alaska. This is Pat Race. And this is Matt Buxton. And we want to wish you a happy Marmot Day. So happy Marmot Day to everybody. Yeah, and Marmot Day is a special holiday here in Alaska. It's uh, unique to Alaska. We celebrate Marmot Day instead of Groundhog's Day. Yeah, I'm currently wearing my Marmot hat and my Marmot shirt. And, and yeah, you look very Marmot, very Marmoty. <laughs> Okay, so where did Marmot Day come from in, in Alaska? Uh, there was Representative Kurt Menard from the Matsu Valley. Yeah. yeah, from the Matsu Valley. And he, uh, he served from like 1986 to 1994. And in the 90s, he decided that we needed to establish Marmot Day in Alaska. And he said that, um, you know, next Tuesday on Groundhog's Day, the eyes of the nation will be once again drawn to a hole in the ground in Pennsylvania instead of gazing with wonder at the Alaska Zoo. It's a disgrace to tourism. And so his whole, his whole take on this was that like, we need Marmot Day in Alaska to, to bolster our tourist industry. And, and a lot of his critics were you know, saying it was kind of a joke or like a feel-good piece of legislation. But he really saw this like long-term value uh, for tourism in Alaska. And all because of marmots. All because of marmots. And uh, let's see if I can find another quote here. I thought it would give some promotion to the zoo. There's a town in Pennsylvania where the official groundhog lives. They've built a big tourist industry on that critter alone, selling shirts and all kinds of knickknacks. People go there for souvenirs. We always want to say we're different here in Alaska, he added. If we're going to be different, we don't have to drag all those traditional things up from the lower 48. And so it's, I, I love that he's trying to create like real Alaskan holidays. Um, he didn't get it passed. It failed um, by a marmot's whisker. And, uh, and then the... Uh, um, his, his wife became a senator, uh, Linda Menard, and she put in legislation which uh, did pass and we was signed by Governor, then Governor Sarah Palin, and now Alaska celebrates Marmot Day. And that's pretty much all I know about it, except for, our, except for there's this PDF document that I found that is beautiful. It's full of all these like letters from children. Is that common? Yeah, uh, not in this kind of quantity and this kind of quality, I would say. Uh, usually, um, if you look at most bills, you'll see like five or six emails. A lot of them are from like special interest groups, or they are like a two-sentence email nowadays. Yeah. Oh, so one of the things you see in a lot of um, the talk and, I guess, support and advocacy for Marmot Day is that we don't have any groundhogs. So how could we have a Groundhog Day up here? But So the fun fact about this is there are groundhogs. There's a lot of groundhogs, and if, especially if you go up to Fairbanks, there's groundhogs galore, and um, uh, my, one of my former colleagues at the News Miner actually, like, wrote kind of almost a hit piece that was, he was talking to all the different biologists in the area saying, we have groundhogs. Well, too bad, Matt Buxton, because <laughs> this is marmot territory. Uh, well, I'm excited for Marmot Day to evolve. I hope that by the time that we are old men, there's like a, a Marmot Day parade and the, the Grand Marshals are, are, you know, natural scientists from Alaska and like they get to ride in their um, bicycle powered floats <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, oh, uh, they probably aren't decked out in furs, I guess that's probably, that's <laughs> Marmot probably furs? not good. No, hopefully yeah. not. <laughs> Uh, when we pass like a, a the bear license plate bill, for example, you know there are people who come out of the woodwork saying, "Oh, how, why are they wasting their time? How how dare they make the world a slightly happier place? How how dare you do something that's kind of fun?" Right. Government so, isn't fun. Yeah, no fun in government. Yeah. 
<laughs> let's let's get those guys out of there. Let's get some no fun guys in. Yeah. Um, yeah, it should all be taxes and uh, and um, and budget cuts, right? Exactly. That's it. <laughs> Only thing. <laughs> all right. Well, today's our Marmot Day episode, um, and I'm going to. Uh, uh, we're going to take a departure from uh, our punditry because I really don't know a lot about marmots. I'm going to go talk to my friend uh, Jen Karnick, and she is a woman of science, a lady scientist, and uh, she knows a lot more about marmots than I do. So I'm going to go talk to her for a little bit. All right, here I am with Jen Karnick, my friend and uh, a woman of science. Uh, Jen, last night we went bowling together, and you—I I noticed that your bowling name was uh, Marmot Lady. Do you do you have a particular attachment <laughs> to marmots? I do actually. I am very much a fan of the marmot. Where does that come from? It was one of the first animals that I really noticed hiking in Juneau. We went up to the top of Mount Roberts, and there was this amazing, fluffy, chubby, just super chubby, really big animal, and it screamed. It saw us, and it screamed at this high-pitched whistle, and I think everybody in Juneau really recognizes that. But I got really curious about why it would whistle like that and how many marmots were tucked in beneath all the rocks. So it was just an idea that I started following for a while. So you obviously know a lot more about marmots than I do. What can you tell me about them? Well, we actually have three different types of uh, ground squirrel like this in Alaska. We have the Alaska marmot, we have the woodchuck, but then we have my favorite, which is the hoary marmot. And the hoary marmot has the, the sort of graying beard of an old man, the super chubby body. In fact, they're the largest ground squirrel um, in the squirrel family. So, um, yeah, Alaska represents pretty well. How big, how big does the hoary marmot get? Uh, you're looking at almost 10 pounds. That's a lot of marmot. It is a lot of marmot, yeah. What do marmots sound like? How do you know when you encounter them in the wild? Well, the first thing that you'll usually hear if you're near a marmot is this piercing, piercing whistle. And I am not going to do it any justice right now, but it's... Uh... Do you want to try and do marmot okay, noises? Here we go, maybe okay. together. Right. Right. One, two... How are you going to... Are you going to whistle, whistle, or are you going to like gonna... make a squeaky, squeak sound? Oh, I'm going to whistle. Okay. I just give it a good old-fashioned... Oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't feel like I'm equipped to whistle that loud, but let's try it. Okay. okay. Sound. Marmot sound on, th- on, th- on three. We will both make our best marmot sound. Okay. Okay. One, two, three. Whee! <laughs> Is just, that, is that I think that's close? pretty accurate, actually. <laughs> I'd have to look at the spectrogram, but okay. yeah, pretty close. <laughs> is that something you do? You look at spectrograms of marmot whistles? I actually did a project a few years ago where I looked at our two different ecotypes of marmots. Um, I was looking at mountain marmots that we have and those that live at sea level, which are le- seen uh, less often. And so that was one of the things that I did. I recorded marmots to look at the different types of sounds that they made and to see if there was any real difference between the two. Did you find that they were communicating in like different pitches or, or were there different types of did things emerge from that or was it just one whistle that they're all doing so marmots actually have several different types of whistles and clicks and sounds that they make um, what was really interesting to me was that of the two different types of marmot the ones that live I mean they're they're both hoary marmots but one lives at sea level ones live up uh, the others live up on the mountains are alpine animals and um you could see differences in their strategies. So those that live up on the mountains tended to call a lot more often for animals that were above them on the trails or really for eagles above them. The ones down at the beaches, um, they the group that I was studying was actually in the forest. And so they stayed fairly quiet for aerial 
predators, but would become much more active, more vocal when uh, trail-bound predators came, like people. This was unfortunately something I couldn't continue, and I'm not sure you want to know this. Yeah. <laughs> this will make your, might what, make what? your listeners cry. What will make people, what? What happened? <laughs> My group of beach marmots, um, I would go visit them a couple days a week, and I went one week, and they had been dug out of their holes by a brown bear. But they all escaped and went to live on a farm, right? Echo Ranch is really close by, <laughs> so I, I keep hoping. It. Uh, I was really, I was really sad for like years about this, and then just two years ago, actually during the summer, uh, my husband and I were out hiking in the area, and we saw a marmot, a beach marmot. He was scruffy looking. He looked like it was rough, but I think they're starting to move back into that area. Do you know why we celebrate Marmot Day? <laughs> well, I'm sure you can probably give a much better explanation, but I know that Marmot Day is meant to instill a sense of pride in our Alaskan wilderness and a, a sense of community within us. Who needs Punxsutawney Phil, who I heard just died himself, right? Probably not eaten by bears, though, right? Probably not. No, that's also a very unique Alaskan thing. So a little bit of a sense of civic pride in our own animal. Um, all sorts of things you can do with a marmot. As what can you do with a marmot? As former Governor Palin pointed out to us. Um, the fur is actually beautiful. It's luxurious. So uh, they have been used for um, clothing, like gloves. They make a very warm, soft glove. And you can, if you're stuck on a mountain and you actually manage to catch one, you can eat them. How do you feel about Alaska celebrating Marmot Day instead of Groundhog's Day? You know, whatever our reasons for it, I think it's fantastic for us to call more attention to the animals that we have nearby. Um, I I don't know that any of our marmots would ever come out to give a uh, forecast about the rest of winter. I'm pretty sure our marmots are all snug in bed for several more months to come, and dragging one out right now would be sad. But uh, but yeah, as the celebration of something not not only Alaskan, but something that usually is overlooked. So, so you're saying marmots are asleep right now, so they don't even know they have this holiday yet, probably. No, this is just this is mostly for us. <laughs> that's like if that's like if all my friends were throwing a secret birthday party for me in the middle of the night, and I was I didn't know it. Yeah, or they didn't invite you. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, well, ha well, happy happy marmot day to all the marmots out there who are asleep in their marmot holes. <laughs> happy right. marmot day, Pat. Happy marmot day, Jen. Thank you. There are all these great letters of support in with the marmot legislation. Handwritten letters from little kids, and, uh, and this one in particular I really liked. Will Elliott from Wasilla writes, Marmot Day. This is especially beneficial to the valley. Our community is saddled with a lot of embarrassing stereotypes, meth capital of the state, etc., which cause young people especially to be disrespectful of our community. Marmots are local and have been here all along. Recognizing their value with Marmot Day shows that we in the valley have some local pride. Without that, it's impossible to maintain a sense of community identity. Growing up in the valley, I knew that our strip malls and box stores were nothing special. Independence Mine at Hatcher Pass, populated by marmots, is special. Marmot Day draws attention to the rich cultural resources preserved at Independence Mine and throughout the Talkeetna Mountains. The more we can do to imbue our community with a depth of history, the more the Matsu becomes somewhere we can be proud to live. I have watched the most talented members of my high school class leave the valley with no plans of returning. Things like Marmot Day may be insignificant alone, but when we connect them together, they represent something important. 
the act of valuing local aspects like gold mines and marmots or the Palmer hayflats and waterfowl gives my generation a reason to stay or to come home again. Yeah, so I, I love what I love what this kid is saying um, about his community and about Alaska. And it starts out a little bit goofy with like the, you know, meth capital um, stuff. And then it gets really a lot more serious when he's talking about his friends leaving and, and how he wants to, to make it a place he can stay. Yeah, you can almost like see the, the kind of the cogs turning as, you know, and him kind of growing from a boy to a young man where he goes, you know, he's joking about it. But then I think partway through there's a realization that, like he likes his community and he, he really does want to have that pride in it and kind of have that sort of pride that we talked about in the first episode about why we like the places we're from. Yeah. I was, it was really nice to see that, that yeah. it, it, it evolved as he wrote it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So next episode, we are going to dive into some more serious legislation. I think we're going to talk about the budget. Oh yeah. The fiscal right. crisis. We want to hear what you think about this. Like how should this problem be solved? I think that that next episode you and I, Matt, should talk about like what are our ideas and what do we what are the the pros and cons. There are like there's there's a lot of things to consider here, and I think we should kind of like go down the grocery list and just talk about each each measure that people are proposing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and so what cuts, I'd, lotteries, yeah, cuts, lotteries, taxes. like taxes on marijuana, you know, and and I'd love to hear from any of our listeners what are the things that they're that they're looking at that they think are good ideas. What do you think are bad ideas? Um, what do you think needs work? What are we missing? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we hear yeah. plenty, um, you know, from a lot of these groups. We hear from legislators. We hear from, like, elected officials and people who are uh, in these offices dealing with this every day. But we don't hear as much. You know, no one really hears as much from, you know, the the real Alaskan trademarked, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's tough because we all, we all wear so many hats up here. I think that it's like, you know, the real Alaskan is this. I mean, the citizen is is so complicated like everyone that and everyone that's qualified to answer the the question of how do we fix our budget knows quite a bit about the budget because they've been involved in it mm-hmm. in some way or another yeah but does that make them special interests at some point are oh. we all special interest people anyways yeah. so um so you can find me though um uh on twitter at fdnm politics and i am at alaska robotics and you can email us at hey guys at hello alaska pizza and you can always find all the updates. We do a little bit of extra stuff online sometimes, and that's all at helloalaska.pizza. Oh, and I actually, I wrote a letter to, uh, I wrote a commentary letter to, the, and I sent to the ADN. I'll repost it on our blog as well. Awesome. Because yeah. I know that our listeners don't probably read that little paper, no. so no, yeah. I'll post it where they can find it. All right, great. Well, thank you very much, everybody, and happy Marmot Day. Happy Marmot Day. <laughs>